0: the end of 2019 and the beginning of a new decade I was delighted to spend time talking to Claire Brown, the owner and energetic powerhouse behind Plant Passion, a fantastic cut flower farm based in the Surrey hills. As you'll hear Claire is a passionate advocate for British cut flowers and actually she's so much more than just a flower farmer. I couldn't wait to find out more about her and the establishment and development of Plant Passion which is now entering its eighth year as a cut flower farm. So today it's the second week in December and uh, I don't think it's raining. No, it's not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I've crossed the border from Sussex and I've come into Surrey and I'm in East Clandon, uh, up in the Surrey Hills and I'm with... Uh, Claire Brown. Hello. Hello, Claire. (laughs) And Claire, you own and run um, a business called Plant Passion. Yep. Which I think is such a fantastic name. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Where did it come from, the name?
1: Uh, uh, Well, I devised it um, when I finished working um, at the RHS at Wisley to set up my own business when my son was very small and I was trying to think of a name and and that just encapsulated what it was I wanted to do because I'm just passionate about the plants yeah I didn't want to do the other bits just
0: the plants yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's such a great name and as you say it just sums it up doesn't it nothing nothing more to be said and Plant Passion is a flower farm yes and you grow English cut flowers. Absolutely. That's the whole yep. premise of yes. it.
1: Yes, is that right? Yeah, lots and lots of different varieties of cut flowers uh, for sale for a lot of reasons to various people. Like, uh, like florists, like for uh, weddings and events, uh, and like for the local people in the Surrey Hills who buy them from me as bouquets and bunches and buckets.
0: Oh right, okay, but. It is a farm. It's not a it's shop. A is it here? No, it's very, it's very not much a, a shop. farm.
1: It's a farm. We're yeah. growing it. Yeah. Uh, and particularly at this time of the year, it's really muddy and yucky and not really something to look at. Hmm. Uh, when everybody says a flower field, uh, they think of uh, you know uh, uh, lots of, of, of sunflowers or something, lots of open flowers. But actually, my aim here is to have picked them before they get to that stage. I want them in the barn and being sold to people I actually don't want uh, lots of flower heads I've failed if you come here and there are lots of flowers
0: right right because they're going to take them away and they will open
1: yeah yeah we're, we're aiming to sell a lot of them before they get to the open fully open stage right. um, if we're selling them for events obviously want them to be open and looking wonderful for that event on that day mm. uh, but if we're selling them particularly for florists who are then going to be selling them on or if we're going to be selling them in bunches and bouquets we want them to give them a longevity of vase life mm. and so we don't want to be picking the flowers when they're fully open we want to be picking them just as they come out of bud and start to open here and so we're live heading all our flowers instead of dead heading them <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: an unusual um approach i suppose because usually in a garden you you do think about deadheading yeah 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 and we want to get to the the flowers before they get
1: to that stage if we're deadheading things we're actually wasting our time and energy
0: because they're flowers that we can't sell Mm. so we want to get to them way before that stage okay so it's very much a working farm um and I've read a few things about you. I, I read something written by you where you described yourself as a flower farmer and an experimenter with yes. cut flowers of all yeah. types.
1: Well, yes, because... Um floristry and flower flower growing is moving on all the time yeah. um, particularly in the last few years it's becoming a lot more sustainable people are more interested in local um, issues and, um, and fashions are changing colors are changing particularly for weddings and events people are wanting particular colors and also there are more Um, varieties of flowers being uh, introduced all the time Mm. and so yes I do experiment lots I've got to experiment to find ones that are good for my customers and also uh, flowers that are going to grow well on my soil and we are in the Surrey Hills here so we're on chalk so not everything grows well Mm. Um, and that's why I'm a big experimenter
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it placed your strengths absolutely yes (laughs) definitely Well uh, I know that you are an experienced uh, gardener, horticulturalist, flower farmer Mm -hmm. and I know that you've been running the cut flower business here, the farm here for a number of years. Yes we've just finished our seventh season. Oh wow okay. So we've had
1: seven full seasons of flower growing and selling Uh, and yeah as we move into our eighth we're actually feeling very confident that we kind of know what we're doing now. (laughs) It has been a very steep learning curve. I'd always grown cut flowers on my allotment and in my garden uh, mm. so when I set up the farm I had uh, visions that I knew exactly what to do but I was completely wrong mm. it has taken uh, many years to learn how to do it to that point where we are growing the quality flowers um, to be sold for those markets um, and to find the right flowers that our customers love and yeah. um, and yeah, so but now we're we're uh, just finished year seven. Really looking forward to twenty twenty and
0: season eight. New decade, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, I mean, that's quite a, you know for someone you've obviously been in horticulture for a long yes. time. We'll talk about that perhaps later. Um, but to say it's taken you seven years to get to grips with yeah. it is quite kind of amazing because everybody who's
1: been in horticulture for a long time will know that the more you know the more you know you don't know mm. um and uh i know, i remember being uh um young and naive uh when i first started at the rhs at wisley in my late 20s and i remember the first time that I got put on the information desk at the IHS at Wisley um, for those of you who've gone along with a piece of twig or a, a branch <laughs> for identification you'll know all about that and it was a bank holiday so they needed an extra pair of hands and I of course thought I knew lots at this time having been in in horticulture by about, for about 10 years then oh, I thought right. I knew Gosh. loads yeah. and spent the whole day saying oh I'm sorry I don't don't know that plant Well, bear with me I'll just ask a colleague or I'll look that up for you I'll
0: come back to you <laughs> I'll come back
1: to you yeah so having thought that I knew lots of plants and you it was it was um definitely a bit of a, a sharp learning curve and I think that's the same with horticulture all the way through mm. is that you the more you learn the more you know that you've got still got lots
0: to learn mm. yeah fantastic so um, so you're a flower grower then as we've said and farmer a florist flower Mm. ranger but I've discovered that you do a lot of other things (laughs) Um, I believe that you are also a lecturer a teacher you run classes and workshops and open days and then I found out that you did garden consultations. <laughs> and then I found out that you actually run flower clubs as well. Yeah. And of course, we haven't got, we've got to remember, on top of all of this, you're a businesswoman because yes. this is a business that's got Absolutely. to be run. And you've got to have the finance sorted, the admin.
1: Well, it, it, it is something that I've had to learn um, since working for myself. And I've had 15 years of being self-employed now. Mm. And, and that's a really big thing is that I'm bigly big into sustainability and that's not just Um, in terms of 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 nature and organic and things like that it's also in terms of making my business sustainable so that I can keep going forward so that it can pay me a wage so that I can pay my staff a living wage and so that I can move the business forward it can be a sustainable business Mm. Um, and to do that um, I needed to make sure that I wasn't um, just selling the flowers I was educating people so that they would know why they would want to buy the flowers right. um, and there is quite a bit of difference Um, in British cut flowers to those that are imported Uh, for instance they change every week with the seasons Um, if you go to a supermarket you'll find almost exactly the same flowers available all through the year you know yes but it isn't the same here and so I felt that to make my business more sustainable I needed to encourage people to know more about the flowers the different flowers that are available all through the year yes and so being an educator is a large part of my business now
0: wow gosh but it's just so many different things um because on top of all that um as you know the business side of it must keep yes. you very busy absolutely yeah. and then you've got staff to look yes. after yes. And, and you know the, day, the day-to-day yeah. running of that um and then i also found out that you'd written a book so yeah. you're an author as well on top of yeah. all this so what i really want to know is there anything you don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I've, I've pushed myself really hard hmm. um over the last few years uh, and people have the the book was suggested to me uh, by one of my florist customers. Mm. Um, she, she had for, you know, c- come to me every week and said, "Oh what are you really, what will you have available? What will you have flowering in this month in this color?" Mm. And she kept asking those same questions, and I would give her an idea. This is what we're likely to have available. These are the things that we had last year. And uh, she said, "Well, you must write a book." And the first couple of times she said that, I said, yeah, 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 okay. Mm. Uh, But then I realised there really wasn't anything on the market for florists to have open on their workbench to have a look. Um, To see what flowers in what colours would be available throughout the year. So that's why I wrote the British flowers book Essentially for florists for florists. Yeah, it is aimed at florists to know um, What flowers uh, they can be
0: getting hold of from British growers throughout the year Right, okay, because I've seen in fact I think I bought a copy of the book when I came up here for one of your lovely cut flower um, cutting and arranging days that you do Um, and the book is just full of beautiful photographs yes, of I was
1: really lucky to work with one of my local photographers Emma Davies uh, and uh, she came and took photos every month um, and we took uh, about 6,000 photos <gasps> for the book oh. and then we, when we were putting the book together we realised we still had flowers that we hadn't taken photos of at the time because it's so seasonal um, some things aren't available for a whole month some things um only have a two week or three week flowering window oh, right. um and so there are plenty more flowers that we grow that uh, were just mentioned in the book but didn't have photos so yeah. um yeah it was quite a learning curve for me to see how many flowers we we were growing yeah. uh and to know what times and one of the things we've been doing in the last two years since the book was published is is um finding the flowers at the particular times of the year and doing um um flat lays uh a, a a a collection of flowers put together around the book to show that they are actually available at that time of the oh, year okay
0: and yeah. you take photographs of that take and you put them up on one, on one of your on, on social media on, yeah, sites yeah, okay yes. brilliant oh that's a lovely idea um, and is that book available to, for people yes, to buy? Yes,
1: it's, it was published um, and was printed in the UK, uh, and so it is available on the British Flowers But website. It's not available through... Um, uh, other retailers,
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she said diplomatically. <laughs> um, but pre- presumably, people could uh, contact you by yes, email certainly. here and get hold yeah, of yeah. the- what's yeah. it called? The British Flowers Book. British Flowers Book. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much. So, um, how would you actually describe yourself then? Given you've got all these uh. jobs,
1: <laughs> um, well for my my main job is selling the flowers that I grow here Mm. so although the bits that I really love are the picking planting and propagating uh actually as we were talking about to make the business sustainable I need to be selling the flowers Mm. um and it's something when I started um, was I didn't have any floristry knowledge um but actually what we've discovered is that people love beautiful flowers and they love them arranged um and we also sell buckets of flowers and even those need to be curated and arranged so that they aren't just an odd mixture of flowers they mm. are um shapes and colors that go together so um yeah that's that's uh, that selling the flowers Is, uh, that's, and the, that's the, the bit i am I, not the, never sure about calling myself a florist although i do a lot of floristry yes
2: um
1: Although I did discover there is a dictionary definition from uh, the 1800s that, that a florist is someone who grows and sells flowers.
0: So maybe florist? It, it bingo! Works for it, yeah. <laughs> you are. <laughs> um, and just before we move on to sort of talk about how you came into all of this, um, you, you mentioned your staff. How, how, do you have a, a number of staff so working I with you? So I have me?
1: two uh, members of staff who work with me all year round, Liz and Jennifer. Uh, they're local ladies who love flowers uh, and they just do two mornings a week each with me um, So and it's great because we have team mornings and we we work together my mum and dad help me uh, they uh, come over and see me regularly um, uh, they're getting slightly elderly now um, so they get to do uh, lots of the labelling jobs and they, uh, <laughs> my mum was sorting out gladiola yesterday uh, very very helpful and my mum keeps my diary for me which is so important mm-hmm. really important to have a record of what we've been doing, um, so that's really good. Dad often gets on the mower in the summer, so that's really really helpful. Yeah. Um, and my son and my husband are very helpful as well, although they don't do as much physically now as they had to when they when we started. Mm. Um, and then I have various contractors that help me through the year, um, florists and uh, flower pickers, um, people who help me at various seasons. And we occasionally have floristry students from the local colleges who come
0: and do work experience with us. So, right. so that's another job to add to it. Men- yeah. Mentoring. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, I've got to find some space to write this down. So c- can you take me back to your beginnings and like how, yes. y- were, you know, were you born locally? Are you, did you uh, always have an interest in gardening? I'm, and- I'm,
1: yes. I'm, I've grown up in Surrey um, my parents were very interested in gardening mm. um, and um, my dad grew lots of fruit we always had lots of um, w- gardening was part of the family thing Um I wasn't necessarily so interested in it. I did it because I had to help them at the weekends. Mm. And actually, I got into horticulture by accident. I did a degree in something completely different uh, in engineering, actually, manufacturing systems engineering. That Uh, is very different. (laughs) And as I finished that, I realised that... um, uh, it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing I nice. wanted to be active that won't surprise you no <laughs> <laughs> trying to get me to sit down to, to I do this interview I've got those <laughs> knots tied very well to keep you in that chair uh and um so I applied for a uh, retail management uh, training um and got uh, position with home base um who were at the time were part of the Sainsbury's group yeah. uh, and then just before I was going to start with their retail management training scheme they said oh we're not running it this year uh. um, but we're going to be running a garden center management training scheme oh. would you like to do that yeah. and at the time um uh, I was one of the uh, to only two in my my group from university that actually had a job to go to so I said yes please yeah. and my mother laughed because she said you don't know her pansy from a petunia and she was absolutely <laughs> <laughs> right, I didn't know a pansy from a petunia, but um, I was sent to Hadlow College to do block release weeks uh, right. with Homebase and I loved it. Oh. I absolutely loved Where's it. Where's Hadlow College in Kent? Oh, okay. So we went down there for a week at a time, mm. uh, we had a, an intensive course. Uh, and uh, we were taught lots of aspects of horticulture and of garden centre management.
0: Right, how interesting. Yes. You came at it sort of from the, the business angle initially yes. then, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and so, yeah, so that was my my background is, is retail, uh, mm. horticulture mm. Um, and manufacturing systems. So a lot of it, um, the efficiency side of things and um, all, all of that kind of uh, side of things is where I started off in horticulture. Mm. Um, and then I did um, five years uh, with Homebase um, and worked my way up uh, through their management scheme through different um, garden centres in the southeast. Right. Um, and then I moved on to Country Gardens, who are now part of the Wyval Group, and I worked with them in garden centres, did two garden centres with them in, in uh, south London, right. um, in Hillingdon and Osterley. Oh. Uh, And then it was just at a time in life where um, my husband uh, had got offered a position in Switzerland and it was do I go and be with him in Switzerland or not Um, and at that point I took a year contract with the RHS at Wisley um, in their garden centre to put in their EPOS system.
0: Oh, no. Sorry, what's uh, that?
1: Electronic point of sale. It was right. the, at the point at the time when everybody went from putting in the price and and what department to actually scanning barcodes. Yeah. Uh, and so I worked with them on that project for a year. And then I had to make that decision was I going to go to Switzerland with my husband? Uh, and uh, quite conveniently for me, their, their garden centre manager resigned at that point. So I said, oh, yes, please, I'll like that one. Wow. So I was garden centre, uh, plant centre manager at the IHS at Wisley um, for five years.
0: Wow, goodness me, that's quite a position there, isn't it? You're really out front dealing were you, were you dealing with
1: I was the dealing with the, well, the staff or? and the public yeah, so the organizing the, the staff to to um, engage with the public on the information desk training the staff um, when, particularly when we had lots of new staff each season to cope with the seasonal seasonality of the the plant center um, yeah so that was the, the staff side of things that I, I dealt with a lot of
0: yeah And so how much were you involved in the actual horticultural side of things at that point? I mean, obviously the management of it you were. Yes. um, But hands-on stuff yourself? Hands-on stuff. I did whatever I could, and that's
1: the side that I liked. Uh, And I always covered the information desk at lunchtime and various (laughs) bits and pieces like that. (laughs) All the bits that I liked doing. Yes. Um, But yes, uh, when I set out on my own, uh, which was after my son was born, um, it was to be more involved in the horticulture side
2: of things. Right,
0: so it was from Wisley, after five years there, that's when you, as a plant centre manager, after that, you decided it's yeah, time to yeah. strike out. It was. Uh, I had
1: my son, uh, he arrived a bit early. He was quite small. Uh, and teeny tiny babies and full-time retail management are not quite compatible. No. Um, so I worked my notice at Wisley. I loved working there, but it yes. wasn't compatible. Um, and started out uh, on my own. And as he's grown, my business has grown. And what I've done in my business has grown. Right.
0: And you started then in...? 2012 was that when you
1: i started in 2000 and uh, d- uh, being self-employed in 2005 Oh, uh, right. and uh for the first few years of my business i was doing the bits the bits of horticulture that i liked doing at wisley so advising people in their gardens and doing a bit of um garden design plant design um and pruning and propagating and planting right. those are the bits that i enjoyed doing mm. uh and um As my son grew, I got a team doing that, um, and uh, we we were very successful, but I needed to move the business on to do something different for me. Mm. We'd got to the point where um, our customers were loving what we were doing, but I needed to change.
0: Yes, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that then, you had the idea... What, what actually kind of formulated this idea wow, of cut it, flowers then? It's Where social
1: media. From? Social oh. media is all to blame for it. I'm a <laughs> big fan of social media, and through social media, found other people who were... Uh, Growing cut flowers. Yeah, um, I had never let my husband buy me flowers. I didn't like the idea of them coming in plastic from abroad, um, and so he'd never been allowed to buy me flowers. And I couldn't find any. you would never yeah. had
0: flowers brought from a petrol station, like <laughs> m- no, the rest no of I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't let my husband no, buy them. He good. knew better very to do than yes, to do all. that. Um, and there were other people just starting to grow cut flowers, um, so I uh, was very interested. I started asking questions yeah um and then I had to find a piece of land um I don't have land of my own I rent it Mm. um and so yeah so that was so
0: 2012 I started okay and that's plant passion yes became plant passionate. no I was I've been plant, plant passionate all the way okay, through but yeah. uh yeah oh, by the way that name I noticed on one of the signs I love the way the S's <laughs> yes. turn against each other I'm not describing this very well but the two S's turn and it forms, forms a, a heart. heart yes I hadn't really tweaked that I just thought that was yes. so such <laughs> a good idea yeah very good indeed <laughs> this seemed a good point to leave the barn and head outside to have a look around the farm Okay, so um, you rent quite a big piece of land here. Yes, it's the land in
1: total is for about four acres. Hmm. Uh, I don't use all of it at the moment. It's about an acre and a quarter under cultivation. Oh, uh, and then we've got a barn and a
0: car park. So yeah, yeah, which is great because when people are coming on their horses, yes, as exactly. People, uh, yeah. loads of places to park and so on and your barn is for it's very functional
1: is our barn we, uh, when people uh, talk about
0: a barn they often think of a
1: nice wooden building and it isn't, it's a, a structural yeah, uh, yeah it's, 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 uh, it's functional Yeah. Uh, we are, yeah working farm. A working farm, definitely.
0: <laughs> and you do your teaching in there? And yes,
1: yeah, well a lot of our teaching is um, it's all in the summer mm. uh, so uh, we could probably do it outside but we have got the barn and, and we've got good uh, worktop space in there for people to do floristry.
0: Yeah, okay, good. And the site itself here how did that evolve once you got hold of yeah, it? Yeah,
1: so um, well, ideally this probably isn't the most ideal place for flower growing but it has fantastic views over the from the Surrey Hills, so mm. uh, we'll have a look at those in a moment. Mm. But, uh, um We are on chalk soil here which is very free draining it means it's also not very uh, nutrient rich so we do have to add a lot of our own homemade compost and Mm. um, other mulches very lucky we've got a couple of uh, horse stables locally that um, supply us with manure and that really helps to to help the the plants. We have uh, found that uh, we have to be very careful with what we grow, some things don't grow well here because they need a richer soil or they need more water. so yeah, we have to be we have to be careful and know which which things are good for us and which
0: things aren't. Yeah. Okay. So the layout is what from your barn and you've so got our the car barn. Is,
1: yeah, our barn's the central place. It's where we do all the work and where we put the flowers into. Hopefully they don't stay there for very long because we want to sell them. But that's where they go from. And then outside the barn, we've got an area where we've got our herb beds. Herbs are really important to us. Mm. Um, they're kind of my specialist subject. Um, mm. I love them. Um, and for us scent is really important it's something that you often don't get in imported flowers because they've been transported close together they've been cooled down to be transported um, and so uh, they've often been dipped in chemicals which um, prevents them um, going over. Gosh I um, didn't know they dip them. Yes they dip them in a something called silver nitrate which is oh, a heavy metal uh, and it obviously mummifies the plants which is great because they'll last a long time in the vase but it often means that they don't have scent right. so scent is really really important to us we make sure all of our bouquets go out with some scent in them yeah. and so we, you we grow lots and lots of herbs we grow different types of mint and rosemary and thyme and sage um lem balm dill mm. fennel Uh, and uh, some other bits and pieces they're certainly not things that you would, uh, you know, normally come to mind no, in terms no, of but, a bouquet, are uh, they? For think. instance, mint is our, one of our best-selling lines. Uh, really? We sell thousands of stems of mint every year. Is the, what type of mint do you uh, we, use? We, t- uh, we have nine different types of mint here, <laughs> of so you that do. we have a succession <laughs> through the yeah, season. Right. Uh, but the first one to flower during the year is the apple mint,
2: uh,
1: and that's fantastic. In the summer, that also has f- uh, fluffy pink flowers, so oh, it's right. fantastic looking as well as smelling. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one in the season is chocolate mint. <gasps> I never knew there was a, is, a chocolate oh, yeah, mint. I oh, dear. Care. I'll have to give you some of that to <laughs> test. Uh, and it's a dark-coloured stem and leaf and mm. has a very good scent. And so that's really good for later on in the year. Yeah. And then we also have a lime mint uh, and a pineapple mint uh, and a,
0: um, a Moroccan mint. Oh. So, yeah, there's a whole range of them Yeah, fantastic. Have. Gosh, I'm surprised you're not running a herb nursery, really, but <laughs> (laughs) Still, anyway, but that's already that's amazing to me about the cut flowers because I'm thinking, because you're an English cut flower grower, you're cutting out air miles, you're cutting out refrigeration, you're cutting out, you're you're putting in seasonality. Absolutely, yes. So yeah, it's a no-brainer really when you think (laughs) about it. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. That's what we're trying to teach. No flowers from any other source. That's (laughs)
1: it. But it does mean that you can't. uh, You have to have whatever's in season so at the moment unfortunately middle of december there's not a huge amount we've got some dried flowers and we've got lots of wonderful foliage but flower wise there's not a lot about and and that's the thing that people need to work with uh and we're teaching our florists a lot of their florists are really working well on that and realizing that they can't have things all through the year
2: yeah
1: um, and that that's just not sustainable um
0: and they're learning so that's it's fantastic but the whole thing of dried flowers. I'm assuming you can uh, keep your seed heads and things yeah, like
1: that. Yeah, well, we, we um, have a lot of um, flowers that we dry, um, and then hopefully we've sold them by Christmas time because um, the florists use them a lot then. Uh, but we have things like uh, helichrysum, the straw flower, and solidago and Poppy seed heads and teasels. Mm. Um, there's a whole lot of things that you can dry and and make interesting things with.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and we use our own willow to make wreaths
0: and then bind them onto that. Wonderful. And do you grow foliage specifically for this time of year? Yeah, come can? and have a look. Okay, okay and let's and have a wander. Lovely. So we've just passed all uh, a couple of greenhouses and a polytunnel back there. Yes. That's that's, part yes, it, that's in the
1: in the car park area. Yeah, we grow almost everything ourselves. Yeah. so that um, we uh, make sure be careful it's a bit slippy, a bit slippy okay it's um oh look at the views, <laughs> the views, the views. my goodness the view what are we lovely. looking over to there we're looking over um a lot of the north and north of surrey woking we can see over there wow. uh and actually it's clear day today and um, you can see a a a tower over there. I think that's in Berkshire. That's how far you can see. Uh, and we're able to see. Uh, in, in a clear day, we can see the uh, planes taking off from Heathrow over there. Oh my! So word. yes, we
0: can see quite a yeah. quite a good distance. Stunning. It's, it's lovely. Okay. And I see right next to us. We're by the compost, oh, compost heaps yes yeah. how many yeah.
1: do you have uh well we we've just been adding each year and we're now at the point where we're emptying these ones the compost is lovely mm. uh,
2: there
1: seems to be a lot of ammy seeds in it i think we'll have lots of uh uh um volunteer ammy this year <laughs> um and uh yeah my uh my husband was helping me to do that earlier on in the season so we've got really good compost coming out of there and that's just putting in everything uh and making our own compost to add to the beds right which helps with the fertility so you've got three huge bays yes, here huge haven't you? bays that's that's the thing to do it's the yeah. making the piles as big as possible okay. and then you can leave them for a year or two each uh, and that really helps right. and you're asking about foliage so yes. down here Uh, that's something that um, has actually been quite hard to do because we're on chalk soil Mm. uh, and we really have had to work quite hard on the foliage and that's where the herbs come in to help as well because that uh, is it's lovely to have additional herbs um, as foliage Mm. but
0: not much
1: to see at this time of the year, but these are lovely dark coloured Phacacarpus. Ah, yes. Uh, and then we've got things like lace asteria and ribes. We've got the wonderful silver leaved senecio, uh, which is known as brachyglottis now, but I don't like that. I keep name. changing their
2: names. <laughs> don't I don't like it's that like, name. So it. senecio
1: sounds a lot. And that better. looks great at this time yes, of year. Yes, it is. It? It? And it's got it's, a, it's, uh, a different colour underneath the leaf from on the top. Ah,
0: it's got a lovely sort of silver edge to it. Yes,
1: and we. We use that a lot in um, bridal bouquets ah. it's a really nice background for ah. those okay we've got uh, rosemary lots and lots of rosemary that's really important and when we do um funeral flowers it's really important to put rosemary in as it signifies remembrance oh so,
0: yes of course uh, and do you have lots of different varieties yes of we've rosemary. got different
1: Uh, different coloured flowers Ah. as well so there's rosemary here and over there and then we've got sage and then buried hypericum which is lovely
0: as a backdrop as well and some eucalyptus Ah, oh, eucalyptus, that's so lovely, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And again, and that the, comes in lots of different varieties. It does, too, it does. It?
1: Uh, we've just grown it from seed up here. Um, but one of the things that, again, seasonality wise, actually, eucalyptus is best in the winter. Oh. So it's best used between um, late October uh, and March time. And uh, it's one of the. Um, uh, foliage is that people always ask for in the summer and unfortunately it's far too soft in summer it's, oh, okay. it's not as good and that's one of the reasons why we grow the Senecio because that's really good in the summer okay. and it's a silvery leaf foliage yes. and we also grow Dusty Miller uh, which is a um, Cineraria
0: variety that we put in the polytunnel oh. and that's really good for in the summer as well lovely. Great, and of course this lovely clear day we said we just had is yeah, now clouding over it, and starting to starting rain again to rain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it actually looks a bit miserable out here at this time of the year. Everybody thinks a flower field is going to be full of flowers, but at the moment we're full of um, uh, black plastic, yeah. uh, which we cover the beds with. That's our mulch and uh, stops the weeds growing. Okay. Uh, we reuse it every year. so it's it, Although it's a plastic, it's definitely on its seventh year, all of them. Goodness so it's, it's me, being that's used amazing. Well. Yeah. And then a lot of the beds are currently covered with EnviroMesh because when we plant new things we have to protect them because we have deer and rabbits and pheasants up here and it's always the
0: pests <laughs> this lovely natural world uh, yeah and
1: unfortunately <laughs> yesterday the uh, cover blew off the cornflowers oh. and they've had a good nibble <gasps> at those so no.
0: how do uh, they get in because you're fenced all the way around uh yeah but they can <laughs> <laughs> they
1: leap yeah oh dear yeah. oh
0: shame <laughs> and so. you, you also mentioned mice when i first came yes in. You've got yeah yeah those lovelies as well lots of rodents Excellent yeah, mice stuff. and bowls
1: bit of everything lots
0: and lots <laughs> of wildlife up here <laughs> ok so there's nothing uh, have you sown you've, you've, uh, yeah, what have we you put have, in here so this Let's end here
1: we've got uh, lots of alliums which will be really good for us in May mm-hmm. it's interesting May is actually a really difficult time for flower growers in April we have tulips and we have ranunculus and we have anemones and we have lots of beginning of the season things Yeah, and then and in May we lose the colour all of a sudden the tulips go over and everybody says oh we have tulips in our garden in May and we do have tulips in our garden in May but for me I'm picking them as soon as they're ready so usually by the end of the first week of May all the tulips have gone right and then we have uh, we have to work with lots of perennials through May to get lots of colour before our annuals kick in.
0: Ah, oh, okay. So
1: alliums are really good for that. Yes. Uh, and they're um, really fantastic. Uh, When I first started, I had a lot of florists say, oh, I I don't want uh, alliums, they smell. Uh, And that's because they do smell when you first pick them, but you need to condition them in water. Mm. And if you buy them from a market, they won't have been put in water because water is heavy and therefore expensive to travel.
2: Uh,
1: And so, yes, if you buy them from a market, they're going to be a little bit stinky. But if you pick them on a field or in your garden and put them straight in water and then change the water a few hours later the smell will
0: dissipate and you can have alliums that look gorgeous and aren't stinky yeah you don't want that smell no definitely not <laughs> one one that you don't want well that's amazing because conditioning is a really impar- a important part Absolutely. of all of this growing yes isn't it? yeah Ooh, and hang on the- Beginning to, beginning to come down to in buckets back in. now
1: <laughs> um, yeah this is, this bit here is our annual area we'll just look at this and then we'll walk back yeah. inside and talk more about conditioning But yeah. uh, so we've got uh, our hardy annuals are already in and um, ready to be available from the end of May and through June so we've got Sweet Williams uh, and Ami and Orlea and Nigella and... Um, Corn cockles and the cornflowers that haven't been eaten, and
0: then I know you've also got dahlias, haven't you? Yeah, and then this is where the dahlias. This is where the this year. We'll cover that up soon. But have you planted again with the dahlias? No, the dahlias are up in the loft. Oh, you've taken them all out, yes. and then when oh they'll go in
1: they'll, later. Uh, we'll split them in April, and um, because they. Uh, get most vigour if they're split. Mm. Uh, We'll split them in April, pop them up in the polytunnel um, and let them shoot and then we'll plant them at the end of May, the last week of May. Um, And then by July, the end
0: of July and into August, we'll have lots and lots of flowers. Wonderful. And as we leave this part, you've got another field. Yes,
1: over the brow of the hill. So we do use that for our early season flowers. So at the moment there's a lot of tulips planted, a lot of uh, a ranunculus, a lot of anemones uh, and those May perennials like stachys and geums and centauria they're all planted there and um, so they'll be uh, so that that will look amazing in late April and May. Right do you have roses in there as well? There are a few roses yes roses are really difficult and that's, the, that's going to have a look in the polytunnel where the rest of them are. Okay.
0: So we've come into one of your polytunnels to escape the rain, but we can hear it battering down, (laughs) and you've got jobs to do now. Yes, um,
1: we're in December, and a lot of people would think that we are not planting anything, but actually our year goes all the way through, and we're always planting new things and getting rid of things particularly in the polytunnel it's really important that we keep things moving mm. um, because it's kind of an expensive piece of real estate yes so yesterday we took out all our chrysanthemums which have been flowering wonderfully for the last few weeks and now we're putting in our sweet peas there are the special uh, winter sunshine sweet peas um and uh, they will start flowering for us mid to the end of April, depending on the weather conditions. Okay. Uh, and then we are also just about to sow the next lot of sweet peas, which will be planted outside in March and will be flowering as soon as these finish. So the aim is to have three sets of sweet peas through the year. Right. Um, the same with a lot of our other things. Uh, so in the polytunnel at the moment, We've got ranunculus planted and they're going to be flowering in April. We've got poppies which will hopefully again be flowering from late April. We've got a whole load of tulips and the aim with having them in the polytunnel is that they will be about a week ahead of outside. Okay. Which means that our tulip season becomes four weeks instead of three weeks. Yes. Uh, And then we have a few of our other tender things in the polytunnel. We've got a few roses. We've got a few in here that are our special bridal roses. Right. And what it means is that they are sheltered from the rain. Uh, and so you get better quality longer stems and it means that for me I can always make sure that there's roses for my bridal bouquets from June through to August September time. They stay in here do they? They stay yeah. in here uh. we feed them lots because oh. they're inside and we water them lots and there there's just a few of them in in bridal colours so they're all creams and pale pinks. That's what
0: people want now? Yes that's what people want.
1: I did have some uh, red ones and they didn't get used for bridal bouquets so they're not in the polytunnel we've got some more outside uh, but roses are something that need a lot of specialist care so we don't have a huge amount of them here on the farm okay we've also in here in the polytunnel got um, some jasmine which goes very well Uh, we we often use it for foliage not just for when it has its flowers on it Um, and then also at the moment in here we have, uh, we have some more mint. We were talking about herbs yes, earlier. Yes, yes. And this mint will be flowering again. It uh, will be uh, uh, long stems a few weeks before outside. So this couple of metres patch of mint is one of our most uh, productive oh. parts of the farm. Uh, and we get several hundred stems out of there in in April, so that we can put them in our bu- buckets of flowers and yeah. our scented bouquets. How
0: long would the stems be for the mint? Then about
1: forty to fifty centimeters. They're they're yeah. varieties that are really strong and straight. We yeah. grow them specifically for for using. Yes. Um. So they're they're really good to work with. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Gosh. And of course the jasmine you're going to have that beautiful scent yes, as well, I'm exactly, guessing. As yeah. well as the yeah. a lovely foliage. Mm. Wonderful. So You've sown plants in the greenhouses here?
1: Yeah we uh, I actually have a greenhouse at home Mm -hmm. uh, and often I sow the seeds in there uh, and then the minute they get pricked out into uh, modules then we bring them up here to the farm. We've got two greenhouses, we actually uh, they were donated to us we actually, three years ago we put out a plea to local people in our area, did anybody have any greenhouses they wanted to get rid of? We were offered five uh, and we took three Yeah. Uh, we actually took them down from people's gardens and brought them up here and put them up again and for £300 worth of new glass and clips we got three greenhouses yeah. um, but the aim is really that things don't stay in there for very long the whole point is that we grow them we bring them on so they're really nice and healthy. Mm. Don't check them at any point, which means underwatering or overwatering or getting them too cold or too hot. Mm. We have to keep them growing really well so that we've got really good quality plants. Because that good quality plants are really the name of the game, so that we get really high quality stems. Yeah, but you don't heat those greenhouses? No, nothing. No. We don't have any electricity here at the farm. We've got ah, no power. Okay. Uh, so everything is just a bit of protection that's all and we're growing things that just need that little bit of protection um by being inside so that they don't get wind damage um so yeah, there's no there's no electricity here, so everything has to be done exactly at the right time through the year.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so that they're uh, so that they we're using nature to, to yeah. grow them on as quickly as possible.
0: Will you grow half-hardy annuals as well then? Yes,
1: yes we will, but we won't be sowing them until April. Right. We again grow them really quickly. You yeah. need to grow them really strongly and we don't have space to keep them hanging around. So they will actually be some of the last seeds that we'll be planting and we'll be sowing them. As soon as we get other hardy annuals out onto the field.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people say, you know, they'll plant or well, sow half-hardy annuals now but keep them on heat or uh in yeah heated but, but but again the... sustainability wise no. you know keeping it
1: things heated when actually you can get just as good a quality right. flowers so for instance things like um, summer asters and zinnias um are really good if they're grown on really quickly oh. so i always sow those in april get them out on the field the last week of may and the first week of june are very um hectic planting times for us because we're getting everything out onto the field
2: yeah
1: Uh, so yeah so over the years we've learned which things um, need to be sown early and actually I always have to hold off because things don't uh, benefit from being sown earlier they no. just don't they actually would prefer to have really good conditions and be sown at precisely the right time yeah. and so I have to hold off and not sow anything until at least the middle of February and most things later in March and into April. Right
0: and then that sort of prolongs your
1: Absolutely. business as yes. a cut flower. Yeah 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 um, and uh, yeah I'm trying to do um, and I, what I've discovered over the years is that some things like succession by sowing them at different points and with other things actually I have to provide succession by growing different varieties. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. So, uh, and then once those are, at the, you've got your annuals coming on later on in the after May, June, July, the annuals, and then half-hardy annuals are coming into their own as well. And then what what, what happens in the autumn? What do you try and provide... Um, in the late summer early autumn so we um
1: when when we get to summertime a lot of our time is just picking flowers and selling them yeah. um uh and then when it gets to the last week in august we start again so all of those things we just saw out on the field the cornflowers uh and the orlea and the ammy, we always start another lot Um, and they're hardy annuals so they'll go through the year so we we do a a session of those that we sow in in September they get planted out in October they'll make it through the winter Mm. then we do a late sowing in October so that's what's currently sitting in the greenhouses at the moment they're just being protected and they'll Fill in any gaps where those rabbits and deer eat them over the winter, <laughs> uh, and we'll have some extra protected plants. Uh, and then we'll start again in February, March time, growing them all again. And so
0: it goes round. And so it goes round. There's <laughs> always something to do. And the dahlias, of course, uh, have gone in. Uh,
1: Uh, Yes, yeah. so at the moment the dahlias are are in the loft of the barn, uh, hopefully frost free. Uh, As I said we don't have any power so it's only frost free by them being um, in boxes off the ground with um, wood shavings around them with fleece over the top. I'm hoping the air will do a lot of the work for us um, and that they're well packed in. We did have a very wet uh, autumn, So normally I would sell quite a few of the excess dahlias at this time of the year. But I'm kind of holding on to them because we may have some losses over the winter. We'll yeah, see. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but again, over the years, we've honed our dahlia colours and varieties to those that are really productive. Right. Exactly the right size for cut flower arrangements. Um, we've got a f- the full range of colours um and so those are now sitting up there keeping cozy until april they'll then be brought down and split uh, there's a lot of hard work on the dahlias but yes. they are one of our best crops
2: yes
1: um and then we'll plant them out at the end of may okay and then you'll be picking them from picking them hopefully we tend to be able to start picking a few from the middle of july but really <laughs> it's right. august is yeah. the, the the main crop of them right and that's if there's a good year a couple of years ago we we uh uh, had a very dry season, and uh, we, you know, we normally have loads of uh, dahlias in August, and we didn't have the majority of them till September. So oh, it all right. depends on the season. Yeah. What colours of those are you finding popular now? Then? Well, it's very interesting for my different customers. They like different colours. Mm. So for the brides, we're still using a lot of the whites, and then we've got a range of some nice pinks, and we have um, some uh, peach-coloured ones. And then we also have some dark coloured ones which have been slightly more uh, um, popular this year. Um, The florists have loved the peaches and the dark coloured ones. I think I've sold every. Every dark, uh, dark um, burgundy flower this year—they've uh, been no problem getting through. And then my local customers like the brighter colours. They oh. like the oranges yeah. and the reds and the bronzes together, yeah. um, and the bright pinks. And they're uh, really more interested in the bright colours. Yeah. So it, we, because we sell a whole range, then we can find a, a colour dahlia that will be suitable for everybody. And
0: what's your, what would be your favourite dahlia? Oh, <laughs> i love asking people in the business every year there's something different uh, i think uh
1: dark spirit is one that's been really good this year it's a, a small pom and a dark burgundy one wow. uh, and victoria ann i very much liked this year she's been really long stemmed white with a touch of pink around the edge mm. uh,
0: and has proved very
1: popular this season
0: okay and uh, on that on that theme, talking about sort of cut flowers and growing them, I mean, if people are beginning and setting out to grow their own little patch of cut flowers, mm. what would be the, a few easy... F- things that you would say yeah have a go with this well, because you won't fail well I don't ooh, uh,
1: <laughs> I think very very important to have scent yeah. and also to grow something you enjoy
2: uh-huh.
1: um, I've yet to find anybody who doesn't like growing sweet peas yes so you might not want to start with the winter sunshine ones like I am growing but the Spencer varieties of sweet peas are fantastic and will give you lots and lots of flowers so you'll have jam jars full of scent uh, for your kitchen all through the season as long as you keep picking them and that is the key thing for new flower growers to Mm. realize is they have to pick every flower and picking takes a long time so um, don't grow too many I know this sounds silly but if you're a new grower just grow five or six of each plant Ah. uh, because you'll still get lots of flowers from those and sometimes people grow a whole tray and I don't even use a whole tray here we are 10 meters. Beds uh, have a hundred plants, uh, and if you think if if you get a hundred plants and you get ten flowers off each, that's a thousand stems. Yeah. That's quite a few buckets of it's, flowers. It does is,
0: so. <laughs> add up. Yes,
1: yeah. so don't grow too many. Grow a, a grow a range of things. So definitely sweet peas, probably cosmos for for yes. value for money. You'll get lots of flowers from those. Yeah, um, and definitely the dahlias. The dahlias are good fun.
0: Yeah. So I'll let you get on planting your sweet peas and I'll happily stand and watch you. <laughs> I could stand and watch people work all day. Um, so within the winter sun uh, group there's lots of different choices that, that you there's can There's several grow. different colours. Um, I'm growing
1: uh, winter sun opal and winter sun cream. Mm opal i've found is the strongest tallest stems and it's a pale pink so it just about goes with anything Mm. um and the cream they're not quite as strong but i'm just trying them again um i've just found that just doing a cup. the first year i grew about seven different colors and i just found i didn't have enough for anybody to have an you know you'd get about 15 or 20 flowers at a time Mm -hmm. of each colour but not enough for a florist who wants an an order of 100 or to do a big jug of them or something like that so um so that's why I've uh uh, grow just a particular colour now yeah
0: so So just while you're working how many florists do you deal with then do you think because that must they must take a lot of your Uh, Of your cut flowers? Well,
1: because the the florists take large orders, um, but they usually only take particular things. Mm. Um, I have a list of um, probably, um, I think there's about 70 florists on my list, but usually in a busy week in the summer, I have between about 8 and 12 florists get orders from us. Um, so they don't all order every week. It tends to be if they've got weddings or if they're doing events themselves. Um, we've got a couple of florists who come very regularly. Uh, Dawn is my most regular florist. She is has a uh, shop, Poppies and Peonies, in Hawsel in Woking, so that's fairly near to us. Yeah. Uh, and she comes over every Thursday morning. We have a kind of date at 7.15 on a Thursday morning, and she comes and picks up her flowers from me. Okay. Um, Um, and uh, and then a lot of the other florists are event florists so they uh, they they come to me when they when they need things and at the beginning of the season they'll say I'll be needing flowers for these particular dates and um, we work out what's likely to be available and most florists um, buy flowers by color so they'll want um, you know they're, they've got they're doing white and uh, with a touch of blue for this particular wedding and so I'll find all the flowers that are mm. you know to their theme mm. um
0: and uh yeah so that's what we usually work to but you can't really grow specifically to order because they don't know themselves I guess well
1: what... that's that's you know again that's why we wrote the book, is to make sure that they've got an idea um but yes, so usually it's it's to a budget or um, to a number of stems. You know, they say, well, I need to make up four bouquets and two um, two arches, and then I'll we'll work out how many stems they're likely to need for those,
0: mm.
1: uh, and 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 work out from there. Yeah. Um, so that's our our florist customers for our um, for our wedding customers. We do what we call DIY weddings. <laughs> So our, our um, brides tend to be those who've got crafty families, oh. uh, as in those who like uh, making things up with them. So a lot of our brides come to us uh, and buy a bucket of flowers that they then take away and with their friends and their family they make up table arrangements. Yeah. Um, and then often we'll do the uh, bridal bouquet in the buttonholes.
0: Um, so that they don't have to uh, worry about that. You you don't though go to a venue and do no, their no, floristry because, for them, do you? Um, because there's
1: a lot of florists that will do that. Yeah. Um. So we're offering a completely different service. We're offering a DIY service where our um, our aptitude and our speciality is in making sure the flowers are right for you on that particular day Um, and then you're not paying for our time to be away from the site yeah Uh,
0: and we can specialize and spend our time on on making sure we've we've grown the right flowers for you yeah i should think that the height of the wedding season the kind of a early late summer those buckets—it must just look spectacular in yeah, the barn with that, the buckets re- ready to go.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we we have a you know, a particularly on a on a Thursday, the the barn is fantastically full of flowers. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots of buckets ready to go out to everybody. You can usually spot what the colour colour themes are yeah <laughs> it's easy to see wh- who's having what colours
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and we separate it out that way so yeah uh, and then so yeah it's usually on a Thursday we have the big bits like that and then on a Friday I do my Friday flowers for my local customers uh-huh. uh, which is a lot more um, uh, bunches of flowers and flower arrangers buckets so smaller an, amounts um, and, and more colourful uh, a lot more colourful. Uh, the, the weddings sometimes I can get a bit like oh another blush wedding, <laughs> <laughs> a, bit, a bit tasteful. <laughs> and uh, you know I can understand why all the brides want want uh, light light colours, but uh, I, I think oh great now I've got some bright
0: colours to play with on Friday. Yes, frido. yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, yeah, so. very good. So you're getting through the uh, the planting. Yep. You plant quite deeply.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: they need to be uh well
1: firmed in so that the roots uh have plenty of nutrients in them. Yeah. And
0: uh the soil looks great here.
1: It, this is actually kind of all brought in, so this is our homemade compost and manure and a whole mixture. Yes. Uh and uh, in the polytunnel we have to make sure we water well even in the winter it's something that people forget about is that you know it's been raining really heavily here we've had a really wet autumn yeah but of course the polytunnel hasn't had uh, any <laughs> any water on it really no. so we've got um, drip tape lines here uh, which will help us to water these sweet peas yeah and uh, make sure that they've uh, got lots of nutrition uh, so that they'll uh, be the lo- lovely long stems that's what we're looking for with sweet peas really nice long stems um clear colours and lots of florets on each flower
0: mm. um that's what we what we're looking for ideally will you pinch these out
1: uh, probably not just let uh, them
0: go away yeah i do uh with the uh,
1: spring sown ones but not always with the winter ones uh-huh um so uh it depends how they grow how quickly they grow this is this is often I'm I'm well ahead here because this is often my new year's day job planting the sweet peas um, <laughs> um and uh yeah very good cure for a hangover usually on that <laughs>
0: new year oh you but, don't uh, you don't just stay in bed and pull the duvet up no let's get out
1: from the, uh, uh, the farm yeah uh, so actually I'm, I'm nicely ahead oh, uh which is really good. good um and uh it means that I can be doing other bits and pieces on the on the farm, yeah, uh, and uh, so these hopefully will grow away really nicely. They've got decent root system. Yeah, they look fat. And uh, um, so we'll have uh, sweet peas for our April and May brides. Brilliant!
0: Ready to go. They look great. Um, do you work 365 days? No, a year? I don't.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it. Yeah. and and that is something that flower farmers have to be very very careful of is um, there is so much to do that you could work 365 days a year but uh, um, I'm I saw a a, a, a post from somebody on social media last week that said about them practicing fierce self-care and I think that's a very good (laughs) uh, way of putting it is that you really have to concentrate on not Doing, not working all the time yeah and um so i make sure that i have plenty of things i do the family we go for lots of walks in the surrey hills it's a wonderful place to go walking yeah. um, i love cooking i've got an allotment i know everybody <gasps> thinks that <A> I... <laughs> lot? I can't believe it Good grief. <laughs> which is my place for growing vegetables And I do that with my husband. So often on a Sunday, we're we're doing bits and pieces down there. (laughs) And I belong to a community garden, which I love. (laughs) Uh, And (laughs) uh, I have to admit, I don't uh, help there as much as I should do. I go and have cups of tea and coffee very often Uh, on a Saturday. Advisory capacity. Absolutely. (laughs) On a Saturday, I tend to work at the farm in the morning and then I go and have lunch there with them. So it kind of feels like I'm part of the group without having done the work. My husband does a lot more of the work down there
0: so and that's local so that's think, very local yeah. to me yes Good, so lovely. yeah we have a... because the other thing I wanted to go on and ask you about is the workshops that you offer <laughs> yes. I had this lovely idea that you did like oh cutting gar- cutting garden workshops you know and arrange a few lovely flowers and and then when you actually look at the list of workshops that you do sorry we just move around here More to go? Yes, more to go down the other side. More to to fit in. Keep on, (laughs) keep on. Yeah, the range of workshops are are, are quite amazing. Uh, And you fit that in as well around everything else. I
1: think, uh, as I was saying earlier about the teaching people, um, for me it's part of uh, getting people to realise what's available at what time of the year, which was, um, we started off, I've always done Grow Your Own, Um, workshops to show people how to grow from seed and from cuttings. Um, Most people are truly interested uh, in growing and yet gardening can be disheartening if you don't know how to do it and you don't get good results. So we always start the year with grow your own workshops and um, teaching people how to grow from seed and grow herbs uh, so that they can grow their own flowers in their garden and just because I um, I grow and sell cut flowers it doesn't mean I don't want people to grow their own yeah. uh, I think that's really important for people to be encouraged yeah. to grow some of their own flowers and then you know they can top up with flowers from me yeah um But also, um, that's why I started the Flower Club, because people were not buying from me because they didn't know how to arrange them. And I think we've got to the point where a lot of younger ladies, particularly didn't feel that they knew the rules for arranging flowers right. and I've come into this from a completely different point of view as I said I wasn't a florist when I started yes. and so I didn't really keep to the rules and I found that people loved when I didn't keep to the rules so really it's a case of enjoying using the flowers and putting them where they look good to you yes. uh, and so that's what we do at Flower Club we let everybody play with the flowers to show them what's seasonal what's actually on the field so let them have a play with the flowers that are available yes. so we go through the year doing different types of floristry and not using um, any of the floral foams um, not using any plastics making sure we do practice sustainable floristry and showing people how to arrange flowers so that they can enjoy doing it for their houses yeah
0: isn't it funny how we feel um sort of a bit intimidated by yeah. not just the grow. I'm oh, growing I can understand people being intimidated but even the arranging of absolutely. them
1: absolutely and I've worked with so many people um who as soon as they're given permission to not have to follow any rules <laughs> suddenly love using them more yes. and and also open their eyes to what they've got in their gardens that's the wonderful thing yeah. so people in my flower club come to me and buy a few stems to add to um to to foliage and things that they've got in their gardens and particularly here in the Surrey Hills lots of people have wonderful gardens they just don't know what they've got in them yeah Uh, so yeah so that's a a really important part of teaching people about flowers uh, and flower growing
0: so that they're able to do more for themselves where did you um learn your own floristry skills i sorry I shouldn't use florist you said you, but, you know to your flower arranging because clearly although you don't keep to rules you you must have ideas about I what do your...
1: and I'm inspired by a lot of other um, florists that um, that I work with um, so I've I've worked with a lot of uh, the florists who use my flowers and seen how they do them I've obviously been on uh, courses uh, Georgia at the Sussex Flower School has been fantastic in teaching both me and my staff uh, how some of the, uh, the 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 formal side of floristry can be done. Um, And so I learnt, for instance, about um, wiring and things from Georgia so that I can add extra... For instance, we've got succulents that we grow here, and you can't just stick a succulent on top of a a bouquet, but if you (laughs) wire it, then you can use it in a bouquet in a sustainable way. Uh, And she's also done courses with my staff, so they can all produce uh, bouquets if I'm not here or if we need extra help. Um, and yes, a lot of inspiration. There are a lot of other florists, um, using sustainable methods. Um, some of my customers, people like Jay Archer, Sarah Diligent from Floribunda Rose, Uh, there were lots of new uh, florists come up and coming over the last few years and Mm. I've loved watching what they do and taking parts of it to use in my work but actually the key thing (laughs) I think for any floristry is practice Um, right and um, I'm very lucky in that I'm selling lots of bouquets of flowers every week so I get plenty of practice
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh And what about any of the other workshops that you do? Because you offer such a variety of things. So the... The, in the summer when we have a lot of flowers on the
1: field the the uh, the most popular one that we sold out almost all the workshops last year is the customer range i think that's the one you came on wasn't oh, yeah, it, it was, and yeah. where people get to go and have a pick from the field and make up their own bouquet mm. and it's wonderful to see groups of people and some of them have never made a bouquet before mm. they're all a little bit reticent they get given uh, ideas and uh um and guidelines as to to what kind of thing to look for when they're picking and everybody makes a completely different bouquet yeah um
0: uh, with access to lovely. the same kind Absolutely. of materials yes
1: that's... yeah it was the same with our we've just done a wreath workshop um huh. not here on the farm because it's cold and dark but uh <laughs> um one of our um local businesses at a a, a lovely uh, um, English vineyard that's just across the road um, at High Clandon and they have a lovely glass barn um, Mm. that we hold our workshops in and again it was all natural local material and everybody made something completely different it was wonderful to see
0: yeah absolutely and I think you do photography. Um, somebody, I, somebody comes I, to I don't do it
2: then.
1: photography, but yes, Emma Davies, who I work with, she's a brilliant photographer and has the online courses, uh, and she comes uh, and does photography days at the farm.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, wonderful times of year. As you said, we've got a great view.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I love seeing how other people see the farm. <laughs> I obviously see it in one particular way. Yes. Yes. Um, And uh, and often, from a technical point of view, I'm seeing it, whereas a lot of other people see it in completely different ways. It's lovely to see it through other people's eyes, Uh, particularly um, um, when Emma's been taking photos. I know that she had a photo of some of my flowers published in a national paper, and it was her favourite photo, and all I could see in the photo were lots of flowers I should have deadheaded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always work to do. That's the problem, isn't it? Oh dear! And you you also run courses um, on social media for gardeners. Uh, Yeah,
1: I've uh, um, uh, done that with uh, the RHS. I ran a course last year um, on encouraging. uh, We did several for for just for gardeners, and then we did one for um, for specialist groups. plant societies um, to encourage them to use social media because it's such a wonderful way of showing people about plants and horticulture Mm. Um, and uh, for flower farmers I do a marketing course that includes about social media
0: Right. (laughs) I feel tired just talking to you, Claire, frankly. There we go. I don't like to sit still. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm getting the idea of how you get so much done because clearly as we're talking and these sweet peas are going in down another row, it's all about multitasking.
1: a little bit, um, but also about not doing things that you don't need to do. It's all about uh, just being efficient. Mm. Uh, you may have noticed around the farm it's not the tidiest of places uh, because I don't need to tidy up at this year time of the year. We haven't got that many people visiting us. yeah. Um, so it is all about just um, not doing the jobs that you don't ha- absolutely have to do yeah. Uh, and uh, concentrating on things you do have to do, which is getting
0: the good quality plants uh, at, so that we've got the wonderful flowers for next season. Yes. And in addition to that, you do... Um, talks and you give talks and lectures in various places it's just about the
1: educating um, and particularly for for local groups uh, um, um, for um, WIs and um, uh, garden societies and things like that it's just about letting them know uh, when I do a talk about British flowers I always get people to tell me how many uh, types of British flowers they're available in the supermarkets and and uh, people always suggest things that are actually can't be grown in this country all year round
2: yeah
1: uh, like the roses and like gerberas and things like that yeah uh, it is just about educating people all
0: the time yeah i mean it's it's like now we can buy everything we want in a supermarket exactly. all year round yes but is that the best way to exactly, to be eating yeah. our food? It's more. I mean, this it, it feeds very much into this thing of seasonality, doesn't Absolutely.
1: it? Absolutely. And and I love uh, our imported things. I'm a, a sucker for a avocado and a pineapple. Um, but I wouldn't. You know, I want all the things that that can be uh, grown here that are better off grown here. Yeah. Uh, to be to be uh, to be grown here and to be have a market for them. And that's really what I'm trying to make sure that there is a big market for the flower. That get grown here.
0: Yeah, and clearly you want to uh, encourage and support local businesses. Absolutely. To do that, because yes. one of the talks you've been giving given recently. Uh, was just involved with Sussex Enterprise, So Surrey Hills Enterprises. Oh, so I'm
1: a member of. Sussex, sorry. <laughs> I'm in the wrong So I'm a member of the Surrey Hills Enterprises, which is lots of local businesses, and it's a fantastic way of getting to know local businesses and what they stand for. Uh, and I'm a proud tra- trademark member, which means that they've recognised that I'm a sustainable business, um, and we have a sustainability group, which is helping businesses uh, to become more sustainable and promote that in their marketing uh and uh, yeah so I'm going to be talking to their symposium in February so that's very exciting it is. Uh, and it's great to be able to um, connect with other local businesses who are trying to do the same kind of things as me
0: yeah excellent what sort of challenges and setbacks uh do you face and have you faced
1: well, like anybody in any kind of farming, the weather always plays a large part. Um, two years ago, we had a huge amount of um, of, of uh, um, heat uh, and a real heat wave for a long, long time, which made um, getting plants watered really difficult. This year, we were actually lucky. Although other people had a heat wave, we got rain in June which was brilliant because it um helped all our plants establish those that we got out at the end of May uh which was fantastic but then we've had such a wet autumn um but, you know that that really hasn't helped us yeah. um, wildlife we love we've discussed we absolutely love the fact that we've got plenty of wildlife here but that really doesn't help us a lot of the time it, that is a, d- a real setback for us if, if we get um plants eaten really doesn't help us um and we just have to take that into account you know that's uh, that's farming kind of thing mm. um so that that's the the real that's the the biggest setbacks for me um for me uh it has taken uh quite a few years to get people in my local area to know i'm here yeah it's amazing i do open days each year and um we have hundreds of people come to the farm on our workshops and our open days and yet i still get people who live just down the road say i didn't know you existed Yeah. and i think that's a problem for any small business um and particularly any farming small business yeah and that not everybody will know that you're there um but generally um uh you know those those are the key issues that are, that we we have to work with yes. uh, and um i know from being a member of flowers from the farm which is a lot of uh, flower growers all over the uk that everybody has the same
0: kind of issues so it's not just me right that's a group that a lot of you are part of is it yes
1: it, there are uh, flower growers all over the uk so if you want to find your local flower grower and buy flowers from them flowersfromthefarm.co.uk yeah. um, and there are now so, over 700 growers really? th- across the UK um, some are very small and growing gardens and on uh, allotments some have small holdings and some are larger
0: yeah.
1: uh, businesses but everybody sells in their own way What's, whatever's suitable for them locally yeah,
0: excellent, very good
1: and what sort of poppies are these going in now? So we'd, I'm just currently planting some Icelandic poppies. Mm. Um, we sell poppy seed heads, but these ones actually we sell the flowers because these last long, a long time for, for poppy flowers. They'll be um, five or six days in the vase. Um, and they are really beautiful, they are fantastic range of colours uh, in the spring, um, so these are are a lovely crop for us um, and yeah there's always something to be planted.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you spend a lot of time inspiring other people and communicating, teaching, sharing, advising. How about yourself, your own growth and um, Where do you get your own inspiration from?
1: I'm very much inspired by nature. Uh, I love uh, our beautiful area, the Surrey Hills, and um, I get a lot of my inspiration by going out and seeing what's happening in nature. Yes. Um, Flower farming has definitely taught me to look harder to look better and to see what's happening all through the year Um, and uh, so I'm definitely inspired by that I love going to visit other gardens don't get as much time to visit them as I'd like no but um, it's it's great to be able to go and visit gardens where I'm lucky I've got Wisley on my doorstep yeah I'm sure they welcome you with open arms (laughs) so I can go and have a look around there yeah um, and get inspired by the things that they're doing I like looking uh, via social media to a lot of other garden designers uh, and people um it's, uh, interior designers actually this year I've been inspired by a lot of um, interior designers and the colors that they're using oh. and I'm very pleased that quite a few of my local interior designers are actually using my flowers when they're doing photo shoots for their um, interiors that they've Hooray. done so um, we've been working with several including Sheer Kitchens oh. who do the most gorgeous bespoke uh, kitchens and they've been using our flowers so yeah working collaborating with local people always inspires me that really helps me
0: yeah that's great though isn't it Mm. that you can sort of benefit each other absolutely yeah and how about for you yourself in terms of plants and um things you enjoy you've given us some ideas about things people could grow especially if they're just beginning to set out but for you which plants couldn't you be without um oh it always changes each time of the
1: season but i think for me Uh, one of my favorites is a hellebore and for me as a flower grower it's because I can enjoy it in my garden for a month or two before the seed pods form and then I have to cut it and sell it so that's a wonderful one they herald the spring Mm. Uh, they're really good for starting off the season so a hellebore definitely Mm. Um, And then later in the year, uh, I'm absolutely, uh, really love at the moment, gladioli and particularly the acidanthra which are a scented gladioli um, very tall and stately look amazing in urns and in large displays uh, and I grew lots and lots of them this year so I got to to enjoy uh, vast vases of those and and plenty of them to pick and sell
0: yeah lovely so
1: I think uh, yeah
0: for either end of the season those are great yeah have you got any immediate plans for the farm this year and how about sort of looking further ahead? So yeah uh, for the moment for this year and for next year
1: um, I'm looking to consolidate all the wonderful work that my team and I have done for the last couple of years. I think this year's going to be, uh, 2020 is going to be a great year for weddings. Um, There are lots of people who I think may have been putting off weddings for a a few years because of the political situation and uh, I think that everybody's uh, just getting on with stuff now Uh, (laughs) I know I've had a lot more inquiries already and the wonderful thing is that the word is now getting out it has taken seven years but the word is getting out so word of mouth is fantastic Um, recommendations in this day and age are amazing and fantastic Um, so uh, yeah I think that's a a really great thing is that um, a lot of people locally know about us now. Yes. So I'm really looking to consolidate, keep the quality really high on the flowers, um, enjoy the time that I have away from the farm as well. Um, my son's uh, going to be taking his GCSEs this year, so I get a little bit of time with him. Yes. Uh, and uh, um, yes. Uh, enjoying my time away from the farm as well as on the farm and definitely helps with my uh, um, inspiration and things when I get a good time off as
0: well yeah of course and how about further ahead? Have you got plans over the next few years where you'd I'm like gonna, to go? I'm going to
1: see how how it takes me. I'm not uh, um, I'm not wed to any one plan. I don't own this field, so uh, I have a lease on it, and obviously I have to work out when the lease ends, what I want to do at that point. Yes. Um, I'm loving growing British flowers at the moment. Uh, I also love doing the teaching side of things, so we'll see how that uh, moves on yes uh and uh it is a very physical job so um i can totally understand people who who can't carry on doing it for a long time
0: yeah we'll see how i go with that see how the next seven years pan out (laughs) exactly definitely (laughs) well thank you so much for talking to me today it's been been a real pleasure and thank you for sharing your love and your passion for cut flowers and thank you for bringing the sunshine no problem you'd like to find out more about Claire and Plant Passion, then do visit her website plantpassion.co.uk where you'll find loads of information about the seasonal, scented and sustainable cut flowers that she grows and sells. You can read her blog there too and get details about the courses and workshops she runs, the flower clubs and the open days. Her email address is claire at plantpassion.co.uk and you can follow her posts on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. The British Flowers Book is available through the Plant Passion site or via its own website, thebritishflowersbook.co.uk Claire also mentioned the award-winning cooperative of British cut flower growers called Flowers from the Farm and they have their own website as well, flowersfromthefarm.co.uk Please do follow me as I continue my podcasting pursuits on Instagram at InTheWeedsWithAnn. Thanks for listening. See you next time, In The Weeds.